and welcome to the GPS Girls Directions for Life podcast. I'm Karen Jacobson, the GPS Girl, and today we have an absolutely fascinating guest. We have Patrizia Di Carobio, and Patrizia has had a long and very successful career in the jewelry business. Hi, Patrizia. Hi, Karen. Good morning. It's Thank you for joining us. Um, we're very excited today to hear more about you. So take us back to the beginning. Where are you from and where did you grow up? Wow, that's a long... Uh, let me <laughs> let's make it really short. I was born in Montreal by chance, so I, have a, I had a Canadian passport until not so long ago. I was raised, as you can all hear from my French accent, in French-speaking countries, but my parents are Italian. And uh, I've been in New York for 32 years, so New York is the city where I've lived the longest and where actually all my business career has taken place. So if you ask me to write a business letter in French or in Italian, which I do speak fluently, it would be a big undertaking for me, much bigger than doing it in English. Very good. What a what a an international start. Uh. <laughs> Beautiful. So, so Patrizia, when did you know what your purpose in life was? When did you know you wanted to be doing what you are doing? So what you ask is very funny because I've actually written two books recently in Italian, actually. And a lot of people said to me, how did you, how did you even think about this career? It's such an unusual career, and it is an unusual career in the field I am in for a woman because... Um, there is a lot of women jewelry designers, but there is very few me women who are really merchants and traders um, because it's a business that actually still today is very much of a man business mm -hmm. and still very much actually kept in families. So mm -hmm. when you're an outsider, it's an unusual thing. Anyway, why? I, basically, you know, I always wonder, and I do believe that one morning I woke up and I said, this is what I want to do. Now, this is after having studied political sciences, which have nothing to do with this business, yeah. after having done an internship at the European Commission, where I know I didn't want to be, even though my father thought I would be a great interpreter, and I said, I don't want to be the in-between between two people. Not that there is anything bad about that, yeah. but I thought I had more to say than just being in between. So... I, I knew all of that and all of that sort of very big and administrative jobs were not for me. And I had this inkling that maybe I would travel, and I said, oh, this is a great profession. I can take it with me. With insight, I realized that my grandmother loved jewelry, even though she, didn't, she did it just as a pleasure, not as a business, but loved beautiful things. I discovered much later on that my grandmother had been actually um, sort of very high-end, so I'm talking about the 20s, a very high-end um, personal shopper in Paris, even though she was Italian, she lived in Paris at the time, and she was a personal shopper for the type of people like the Guggenheims and other very wealthy Americans, Vanderbilt, and on and on, that were traveling to, to Paris at the time. How fascinating. So, yeah. So obviously, I realized later on that there was something in me that really called me to that. 
But so it what, came as a surprise almost. Right, right. So what was your first professional job as a merchant or in the jewelry business? So my first professional job was I worked at Christie's, the auction house. That's and a great I, place to start. <laughs> it's the perfect place to start when you don't, particularly when you don't have a family business. Yes. And I went to see the person who then became my boss, who is French, and he said to me, well, you know, I don't have a job for you. I said, you know, I just had arrived in New York. I was two weeks in New York, and I went to mm. see him. I had been introduced to him by someone else in London, and I said, I'm looking for a job. And he said, well, I don't have a job for you. I said, well, you know, if you don't ask, you don't get. And... um he said, but, you know, we use people to help us during the public exhibition when the jewelry is, you know, all displayed for everyone to see. Would you like to come and help us with that? And I said, yes, for sure. And he said to me, okay, come in two weeks, that day at that time. I said, okay, perfect, see you then. And it was 32 years ago, so or 33 now, and there was no cell phones or anything. And one day I called um, my ex-husband on the phone, because we were trying to find an apartment and getting settled in New York. And he said to me, oh, Chris has just called. Uh, you need to call them back. They need you. So I called up, and he said to me, oh, the person who is helping us doing this and that is very pregnant and really has no more energy. Can you come help us? And I said, yes, <laughs> when? And he said to me, well, can you come tomorrow morning? And I said, yes. And I never left. Wonderful. So, now, oh, it's, it's an amazing uh, meteoric beginning. Uh, can you tell us, you may have already answered the question, but can you tell us about the turning point where things took off? Was that that turning point or did that come later within Christie's? So he was the head of the jewelry department. So by then I was in the jewelry department, right? Yes. Um, and I was the assistant of the, assi I was a junior assistant. So I had really um, no expertise, no knowledge. And basically, I said to he even claims today, even still, he says, you said that you would even clean the floors if that was needed. You would do anything oh. because that's what you want. So basically, I started doing all the more menial jobs and hope, probably I had an eye. So whatever I did, I still was constantly in contact with jewelry. And I learned. I really learned. And then went to do... Um, an internship, uh, no, I went to study at the GIA, the Gemological Institute of America, to learn more about stones yes. for a few months, and then basically started, you know, growing and growing. And my growth was faster than most people, I would say, and probably due to the fact that I had an eye and I had something in me that was my calling. Yes. Yes, and within, at, at, at what time were you, was this noticed within the company and were you propelled into another level? I would say probably two to three years. Incredible. Mm -mm. And then I stayed 10 years. Yes. And I, at the end I was the head of the jewelry department because my French boss then had moved to Switzerland and now he's in Hong Kong actually. And... Um, when I became the head, I had some successful sales, and then I realized that it was time for me to move on because I, first of all, I had two children by then who were, I think, at the time two and four or something like that, and this was a 24-7 job. Yes. 
and never ending and never starting. And I also realized that I was not, at the time, certainly very political. And I realized that if I wanted to work in a company that kept growing, I had to be more political, and I didn't feel fit to be political. Internally, really more than anything. Yes, to play that game the yeah. way it needed I mean, to be today played. Today, I think I could play that game, and I probably would have fun playing it, because I would sort of look at it with, uh, with a smile. But yes. But then I was very, I, I couldn't. And honestly, it was probably the best thing for me because I managed to create a life for myself that was much more, um, where I had more time for my children right. and where financially I still did very well, or maybe mm -hmm. even I would say better. So it was yes. actually a win-win situation at the end. Just because I want you to brag for a moment, can you share, you know, really one of your major highlights? Um, you know, you, can you share some details about uh, something that you sold or, or you know, a, a real career highlight within that, that time? Within my time in general? Yes. Within these 30 years? Yes. So maybe the thing we can brag the most because I think it's the most fun and maybe everyone can relate to it. Yes. Um, with some partners, I recently bought and sold a diamond that was over 100 carats. Oh. To give you the idea of the size of a diamond over 100 carats, it's about, it's bigger than a quail egg. It's smaller than a regular egg. So I would say it's in between those two, but it's a chunk. It's a chunk. It can be yes. a paperweight. <laughs> How extraordinary. Yeah. What yeah. an experience to have. So, but I would say to you, I get pleasure in that. I also get as much pleasure in selling to a very longing fiancé mm. or man a ring that he's going to propose with and that he, having saved a lot of money for him, ha you know, I met a guy one day who had been going to, New Orleans, to Louisiana to shrimp so to, 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 on a fishing boat for yes. six months to be able to afford the ring for his fiancé. There's nothing like love. Exactly. And so <laughs> I would say to you, which one gives me more pleasure? Maybe the second one. Yes, the other I one is you. really maybe striking, but this one moves me more. That's beautiful. So, Patrizia, growing up, was there somebody who was your idol or who you looked up to, whether they were somebody famous or somebody in your life, somebody who inspired you tremendously? I don't have a... I cannot say to you have a mentor. Yes. What I can say to you is I really... We are three sisters in a quite traditional Italian family. So I would say my father was first of all surrounded by women, which is not a surprise because his mother was also four sisters, et cetera, et cetera. So clearly we are a very matriarchal family. But I would say what my father decided very early on is instead of being sorry, I think, for not having boys, he would raise girls who would be able to stand on their own feet. What a gift. And this is, I think, yes, the biggest gift he gave each of us. And it's funny because I would say we are three sisters. We live in three different countries, and we are three very successful women. Brilliant. So that's pretty funny to observe, and I'm clear that it's my father's doing. So he probably was, you know, even though he wanted me to be an interpreter, and I thought that was not the right profession, but it was clear that I had to work. 
it was clear that I could be successful, and he gave us room for that. And he gave us also, when I decided the profession I wanted to do, I never heard, oh, this is the wrong one. He was very encouraging and supportive. Yeah. Brilliant. Well, Patricia, being the GPS girl, I really love to travel, and I suspect you share that that passion. Uh, So I have a couple of travel questions before we wrap up. And the first one is, what is your favorite travel location, the place you have ever visited that you loved the most? Wow. So I have a place that's dear in my heart and where I've been going for the last, Hmm. 42 or 43 years every summer but one Uh, and it's an island in between Sicily and Africa called Panteleria which is then become sort of a little more famous because Armani has a house and Fabrizio Ferri is a famous Italian photographer has a house so now it's becoming a little more trendy but it's not very trendy at all and yes. when I, when we got there and bought a house there, my parents at the time, um, there was three phones on the island, and um, it was really very rustic. And I've had probably the best times in my life there, and I still do. And you so, go every uh, every summer that you can. And I go every can. summer. I, I always go, even if it's for a week, but I will go. Except one summer, and the reason I didn't go the summer I didn't go was because... My daughter Camila, the older one, was born on June 27th, so it was a little complicated. Well, we, we give, you, can, uh, you can have that one, I understand. <laughs> that's right. But it's not. So that's what the closest place to my heart. Yeah. I travel a lot in Europe, and I love it. Uh, I feel very at home wherever I go, I would say, in Europe, at least in continental Europe. I'm just back from a trip to Asia where I went to visit my daughter who is backpacking in Southeast Asia right now where I've, I had never spent time except once uh, a long, long time ago and I must tell you, I am under the spell of it right now. Mm. So it may become my new... Um, I would say it's not going to overpower Pantelleria but it certainly could come uh, close to, to it. So that brings me to my next travel question which is if you could travel anywhere in the world... Yeah. Where would it be? Somewhere uh, perhaps that you haven't been okay, uh, your, so my your perfect next, holiday. Okay, so where I would go next, it's a toss between going to Myanmar, Myanmar or to go to Vietnam. Mm. Probably my choice would be Vietnam. Very good. So actually, Very good. yeah, that's my, uh, I'm, I think within the next 12 months, I will end up there in one of the two at least. Yes. Well, that brings me to my last question, Patricia, and thank you so much for joining us today. And that question is, what is your number one direction for life that you would share with people? My one is probably follow your intuition and let your intuition speak. Mm. And don't be afraid. I never, ever, ever imagined I would be the author of published books and I've now published books in Italian I know they're going it's going to happen in English and honestly if I had not trusted my intuition I would never have had either the courage to say I wanted to write a book it's a very big undertaking and I yeah. it's uh, so 
wonderful for all of us that you did. And uh, those, those books are available online, I would imagine. Yes, but right now in Italian. In Italian. Yeah. Wonderful. But, but English is coming. English is coming. Well, I, I read beautiful. Look, I really loved uh, one of the things that you said earlier that I know you already gave us your direction for life, which was to follow your intuition. And But something that I took away that I just loved when you said you'd gone in for that meeting at Christie's and you, you said, you don't ask, you don't get. And I'm writing that down and I'm remembering yeah. that one. Well, but Brilliant. that goes even with the books, because once you have you have an intuition, then you have to say, okay, I'm writing a book. And yes. then you have to start asking. Mm -hmm. Right? And no is just no. Yeah. It's not uh, no forever, and it's not, if it's not good for one person, it will be good for the other. I try to tell myself no is not right now. I know. I know. <laughs> we all, and believe me, it's not always perfect. It's not always yes. shiny. You yes. Know? Yes. So. Well, Pari Patrizia, thank you again for joining us today on the Directions for Life podcast. I'm Karen Jacobson, and we look forward to uh, being with you next time. Thank you, Karen. Oh.